Welcome to the God Be Crazy podcast. We're your hosts, Christy Penny and Bonnie Thomas. We are best friends with a joint mission to tell the world all about this crazy God who loves us. What kind of crazy, you ask? Urban Dictionary defines crazy as someone who goes against the rules, a person who acts in a manner that normal society doesn't approve of. We would add that crazy can be defined as enigmatic, meaning mysterious or speaking in riddles, often misunderstood. God tells us in Isaiah 55, 8-9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Yet even though he is enigmatic, he tells us in seven places in scripture that if we seek him, we will find him when we search with all of our heart. Journey with us as we seek him and explore even more evidence that confirms God be crazy. Welcome back to God Be Crazy. If you've listened to the podcast before, you may have heard Christy or I talk about how we wrestle. We wrestle with God. We wrestle with our flesh. We're going to talk about what that specifically looks like, how we wrestle, why we do it, the process defined in more detail, and how that process can change us and our hearts. It's literally like the struggle between our flesh and our spirit and making space for that struggle to take place rather than just proceeding on through life and letting our flesh run us. Right. So what does that actually mean to come into an intimate struggle or wrestle with the creator of the universe? I mean, I think that there are several different ways to wrestle. I think sometimes we wrestle when we find ourselves going back and forth about Maybe things we need clarity or maybe we're wrestling because we want to negotiate with God like, okay, Mm -hmm. God, I will do this if you X, Y, Z. Sometimes we are coming to him because he is asking us to do something that's really hard or really scary and we don't really want to do it. So we're asking for a way out. I mean, I think we had the ultimate example of that wrestle in Jesus in the garden. Right. He wrestled with God. He wrestled with his flesh. He did not want to endure the pain that he already knew was coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ultimate wrestle blood to the point of blood. I don't, I've never wrestled to that point. No, me either. I do find myself wrestling the most. I think whenever he does want me to do something or say something that I know is going to be difficult for Mm me. Now it's maybe because I'm just scared or because I think it'll be hard or maybe because I know who he's wanting me to talk to and I know that it's not going to be received well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's always nice when he tells us to do something that you think might probably go well. But (laughs) like it reminds me of Jonah. He's like, let me run in the opposite direction. You know, and that's when a wrestle is in. That's what you're talking about. A wrestle is in order. And when I find myself in those kind of wrestles, when I'm struggling to come to terms with what God's will is for me at that moment, mm-hmm. sometimes I want to try to change his mind or, <laughs> or maybe change the outcome. And sometimes I already know that that's not going to happen. He's yeah. already said, this is what it is. So get with the program. And I need him to give me the ability to do what he's asking me to do and be able to deliver the message or 
whatever it is with love and grace the way that he wants me to and not the way that me christy would Mm -hmm. yeah so you're you're wrestling your own self to get on board with what he's asking and Mm -hmm. what he's calling you to do and it doesn't there's a process to that sometimes it can be you know in a in in one conversation and sometimes that wrestle is multiple wrestles to be able to get to the place where you can say yes. Yeah. Which reminds me of a time when God showed me something in a vision that I had never experienced before. And he showed me, um, I was just sitting on my purple blanket in stillness with him and asked him just, I just said, Lord, speak to me. I want to, I want to talk to you. And I did not expect, but he did. Mm -hmm. He put in my mind, I saw a vision in my mind's eye of two kids holding hands. I saw two kids um, in like a silhouette holding hands with light illuminating behind them. And I was like, whoa, what is this? And I was like, what am I like hallucinating? Like what is happening? I had never experienced this in my life before. And so I just kept asking him like, what is this? I asked you, Lord, I, I literally said the words, Lord, speak to me. Your servant is listening. And it was like, boom, in my mind. And so he gave that to me. And I was like, what is this? And then he spoke someone's name into my mind. I was like, okay, I know multiple people with that name. And as I kind of, you know, just wrestled with him about this, what are you saying? What is this? Like, I'm confused. He showed me that I had, I had a cousin and a cousin-in-law who were struggling with infertility. And he showed me that they were going to have these two, these two kids, they were going to have these babies. And I was like, okay, whoa. And I, (laughs) uh, this, I just was, uh, what? Like I was really confused and rocked. And I thought, I, I, I don't know what is happening. So I just kept talking to him and asking. And he, he said, you know, this, what I felt anyway, was this is from me, you can trust this. And, and then he gave me specific messages to tell her, my cousin and my cousin in law. And I was like, Oh, I don't know, man. Like, I just was like, I cannot, I don't know that I can do this. What if I'm like seeing things? What if I'm not really, what if this isn't Mm -hmm. from you? And I'm like, if this is you. So I told him we did this bargaining thing. I just said, if this is you, I'm going to need you to show me in a way that I will believe it because I cannot tell an infertile woman who is lost baby after baby who is sobbing. I know how sad she is. Like, I can't tell her I saw this vision and you're going to have two kids. So just hope in the Lord, you know, like I need to know that that is 100% true and it's not just my mind. And so I said, Lord, please show me. Please show me if this is you, you're going to have to do like speak to me in a way that I know. And at that very instant, boom, I started sobbing tears. I have never sobbed in my life before. And I thought it is the strangest experience because I wasn't sobbing like I was sad. It was like I could feel somebody else's sadness. And then the Lord spoke in my mind and he said, I don't just see her sadness. I'm feeling her sadness. And this is what I want you to tell her. And he gave me a very specific message of hope and to trust. And it was very, very 
um, specific. And so I wrote it all down and I said, okay. And I, I was just sobbing. I think I sobbed through like a whole Kleenex box, something crazy. And I thought I have never experienced anything like this in my life. And I knew I could feel her pain. And he said, tell her and comfort her with these words. And so I was like, okay, I'll <laughs> do it. I'm really kind of scared, but I will do it because I asked for you to tell me and you did tell me in a way that totally shook my body. And so I told her and whenever I told her, it did hit with her. And I was glad that that she was able to receive it because right. it was a comforting message. It was a message of hope and a message of trust and an I see you kind of a message. And, um, but it took a lot of faith to to say it. And I made some mistakes along the way. I uh, told other people that this had happened because I was just so just in awe of what God does for his people. I was like, right. this is the kindest thing. I mean, and it grew my faith immensely, but sharing it, oh my goodness, it started so much controversy. I got I got attacked for it. I got told, I mean, I specifically was told, you can't do this. Who do you think you are? Essentially telling an infertile woman she's going to have a baby. What if this doesn't happen? And little did that person know, and people know that had were saying that to me, I was wrestling. This this was my wrestle. Right, they, weren't, they weren't present for the wrestle. I wanted to go, I didn't want to do it, but Jesus convicted me. <laughs> like I asked for that confirmation and I got it. And so I stepped out in faith and did it. And to this day, this was years ago to this day, those two babies are on this earth. And when I scooped up that little boy, <laughs> that little boy in my, in my arms for the, the last time I, I held him and I just sobbed because that baby reminds me of God's promises and the amazing God that we serve. And so that wrestle was not just for her, but it was for, for me and my own faith growing. You know, we talked earlier about how some wrestles are like a quick wrestle and other wrestles are these long drawn out, like truly you feel for me whenever I'm wrestling in the big way that I do it. You know, I've called it purple blanket in other episodes. I lay down my purple blanket, which is my anointed blanket. And I, it's like a welcome mat. And I know if I'm doing that level of wrestle or that level of coming to Jesus and that level of intimacy, that it is going to be a little harder than just like a car wrestle for me. Car wrestle for me means I'm able to drive a car and have this conversation. <laughs> Purple funny. blanket means everybody get out of everybody. Stop bothering me. World be gone. Like everything's got to disappear and I got to get along with God because we have to come to the mattress. You know, yeah. Like we've got to throw down. That's funny because I, I also car wrestle, but I definitely find some of my biggest wrestles are in the car mm -hmm. and driving or not driving, you know, like I couldn't do that. I just go, I just do. Mm -hmm. And that, that's the other thing. My other place, my other favorite place to wrestle, y'all don't laugh. It's the lawnmower. Okay. I love <laughs> to ride the lawnmower and wrestle. And it's like, I'm not even mowing the yard. It's like, I'm having a personal throwdown with Jesus. Mm -hmm. So if y'all see Christy on your riding lawnmower, don't come interrupting. <laughs> I'm busy y'all. <laughs> 
it's funny. It's funny. We talk about um, amongst ourselves how different we are yeah. and how um, we are just, we joke that, man, we are, we do not, like, we're an odd friendship because yeah. we are so different. Like, I could never do that. Look out cars on the road if I'm wrestling with Jesus behind <laughs> the wheel. Like, could not. We have many wrestles there. I have to be able to, you know, operate machinery. I could not. <laughs> could you actually go operate machinery to talk to God? Yeah. That would be dangerous for me. <laughs> so I, I need no other distractions, distractions and no other, like, even sometimes I like my dog. I Like, I don't even want you to whimper. <laughs> No whimpering. Nobody can have a need. This is me, me and God. And so, um, yeah, mine looks, mine looks different. And it, and it very much depends on the degree of wrestle needed. Sometimes I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to do this. And he's like, tap, tap, you need to do it. And I'm like, I know. And then it's just like a, okay, give me the strength. I will do it. I don't like it, but I'll do it. And then I can, okay, I can do it. And sometimes I'm like, mm-mm. <laughs> what? And it comes with lots of tears and it comes with physical tension in my body. And I'm just like, Ooh, it just, it takes a whole lot more. And for me, I have to almost like the, the process of the wrestle ends up being most, well, that's the purpose of the wrestle for me is I know I need to get on board with God and my heart or my flesh is not there right now. Right. And so I know I'm like, every time I go to, to, you know, fight with him. I'm like, I know you're winning. I just have to like wrestle. It I out. just have to be mad first. And I need to like say things to you that probably you shouldn't say to sovereign God. But <laughs> I need to, because you already know it anyway. So I'll just, you know, state the obvious here. And, um, and then I can get all of my flesh, like, well, not all of it, unfortunately, but most of it put behind me to be able to do what he will ask me to do. Or, um, you know, I wrestle for lots of different reasons. One of the reasons that I know a wrestle is um, needed is when I have a deep desire for something mm -hmm. that is not happening and I'm either mad about it or I'm just sad about it or I'm hurting in it. Um. I relate to Hannah and her um, in First Samuel. She's crying out to God because she's barren and she wants um, a son. And there was a period of my life where I wondered if I would get to be a mom. And I begged God and I cried and I was like, I thought this was going to be easier than um, than you know than this. And and you know in the waiting for that and didn't quite know. I was like, wait a second, my whole life I've wanted to be a mom and now and like that's the desire of my heart. Is that not the desire of your heart? Like, if it's not, I'm really gonna be mad, you know, I'm really gonna be grieved. And so um I relate to that story when Hannah goes to God and is literally, uh, you know, first Samuel, I think it's one ten, says, In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. I know what it's like to come to the Lord in a wrestle and weep bitterly and in an anguish and desire something that you're not entirely sure you're going to get. Like you may just be weeping bitterly or grieving or moving to acceptance. You don't know what's on the other side of it. And um, thankfully, you know, I am so thankful that God said yes and gave me babies because I wanted them so bad. But 
similar to Hannah, she kind of made this deal with God and I kind of made a deal with God as well. She made this deal that she said, if you will let me have a son, I will dedicate him to you. I'll give him back to you. It always makes me kind of giggle a little bit inside when people say they make that deal because you say you'll give him back, you'll give them back to them. Mm -hmm. The funny thing to me is they're his. They're not y'all's anyway. So y'all are like, oh, well, we'll give them to you. Well, they're not yours. Mm -hmm. He's like, by the way, this is not you giving them back to me. This is me letting you borrow my children. Good boy. They're mine. Yeah. So it always, I know that that's like, that's but a, it's a common thing. Like mm -hmm. a lot of people, I've heard many, many people say that, you know, like I prayed for a son or a daughter and I, mm -hmm. I prayed for a child and God gave them to me and I told God I would dedicate them back to you. And I'm like, yeah, he probably smiles at you because he's like, they're mine anyway, yeah. but thanks. Thanks for playing. It is. And the way that, I think the way that the text reads, she said that she, she would did. dedicate. I she, she did. That word. She did. It is funny. I'm going to give you, if God, God's saying, I'm going to give you this gift that's actually mine and you're going to give it back to me, but it's right. only mine. Thanks. Yeah. It's just kind of funny. <laughs> it makes me giggle a little. And I do, I do though. I do mm -hmm. recognize the sentiment and the, you know, you're saying that you are going to do everything in your Power yeah. to make sure that that child knows who God is mm -hmm. and recognizes God for God, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. that you are going to do everything in your power to direct them on that path of having mm -hmm. a relationship with God. And I know that it's more than just saying, oh, God, if you do this, but it, it all it always still does make me giggle. I can't help it. Mm -hmm. Every time I hear that or every time I'm just like, I just kind of laugh a little because I'm like, God's probably going, mm -hmm, thanks. You know, it's like, yeah, I get that. Yeah, it cracks me up. So when she did that, um, she actually, she made good on her, mm -hmm. her promise. She did. After he was weaned, she literally dedicated him and brought him. Didn't she bring him to the priest or brought him mm -hmm. to the temple? I mean, she, she, did. He, yeah. she was like, this child is going to work for you and do your work. And she made good on that promise. Um, I told God whenever, um, <laughs> whenever I wasn't sure I was going to get to be a mom, I said, I already knew in my heart that there were different motives that for being a parent, I wanted to be a parent. I've been, you know, taking care of my babies since I was a little girl. I was always had dolls and always nurtured things and always wanted to do that. And I watched my daughter do that. And I think, oh, all she ever wants to be is a mom. That's what she tells me to. And I, I understand that. I'm like, I do get it. But whenever I was having this wrestle with him, I said, God, I know, I know that I, I want this because I want it for, you know, probably my own selfish reasons. But I also do firmly believe that parenting and having children is going to refine me even more. And I promise that if you give me babies, I will use the experience to him, me, and closer to you. I will become more mature. I know I will be more refined. And I promise to do that, to use my experiences as a parent to draw me closer to you. And I will do everything in my power to draw my children close to you so that they will come to know a God who loves them. They will come to have a relationship with you. And I will do everything in my power to lead them in that direction if you give me this gift. And he did. And so, and it came in a strange package. He actually gave my mom a dream. And my mom was the one that told me that I was going to have kids. And I 
was blown away by that. But don't we know God does not deliver. He does not do things in our methods and our logical ways. And, you know, that was a, a beautiful gift because later my mom, my mom never saw my kids, you know, on this earth. And so that was a, another little sweet nod that he didn't have to, that he didn't have to give me, mm-hmm. but he used that wrestle and spoke to me and communicated with me through that wrestle in such loving ways. And um, it has given me a heart for women who are struggling with infertility, because even though I didn't struggle with it for years and years and years on end, I think I can't remember exactly how long it was, but over a year, but, but I've counseled women who have struggled for many years and, I, I can relate to that. It's given me a real life perspective of many people who are still waiting for that and hoping for that. I think another um, great example of a deep desire to be blessed of God is in Jacob. Uh, well, it's not in Jacob. Jacob is here. <laughs> it's in Genesis, but Jacob is who I'm talking about. Jacob, for those who don't know, was Abraham's grandson. And Abraham was promised by God that he would make him into a great nation that he would bless him and bless his descendants right make them very numerous right and i'm sure that over the years jacob had heard this story that he was supposed to be blessed of god and be Mm -hmm. you know have this great call on his life Mm -hmm. and jacob finds himself in a situation where he is terrible with people he lies he cons people he manipulates people to get what he wants and he his care he has a character flaw even his name means deceiver and so he was fleeing from his uncle and he was about to face his brother Esau, who he'd been estranged from for years because he conned him out of his birthright. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, he was kind of at his wit's end and he felt powerless over the situation that he was in. And I I don't know exactly how. I know it's Genesis. What was it? What's 32. This? In Genesis 32. I don't know exactly when the, the man came about to mm-hmm. wrestle with him. But he starts wrestling with this man he thought it was a man but it turned out to be god or an angel of god Mm -hmm. and um he wouldn't let go y'all he wrestled and wrestled and he he was not letting go of this man so he got the blessing that he wanted and so when it was about to be daylight the angel was like you gotta let me go i have to go i have to go now and he's like i'm not letting you go till i get what i want Until I get a blessing. Until I get a blessing. And so the angel touched his hip Mm -hmm. and changed his name and changed his name from Jacob. He asked him his name and Jacob Mm -hmm. said, Jacob, Jacob. that that meant deceiver. He told him it would no longer be Jacob, but it would be Israel, which means wrestles with God or he who struggles with God. And from that encounter, after that encounter, he was changed not only because he permanently had a lamp to remind him of his encounter, Mm -hmm. but also the way he was with people. He was no longer of the same character that he was before the wrestle with God. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it just kind of goes to show you some wrestles are like, okay, there's not a big pivot I need to make, you know, but a little pivot. And sometimes you get a whole new name. You get transformed. You, You have a whole new walk. Because he he walked with a limp for the rest of his life Mm -hmm. because of that encounter. Another person that comes to mind is Paul. You know, he had 
the scripture says a thorn in the flesh or a messenger of Satan. We don't know exactly what that thorn is. Mm -hmm. It could be physical. It could be emotional or mental. mental or could be an addiction of some sort. We have no idea. We don't know what it is. But what we do know about it is that he says that God gave it to him so that he wouldn't be conceited. boastful and mm -hmm. conceited. And about his amazing ex experience that he had had, his revelations mm -hmm. that he had had, um, he asked God three times to remove it. And God told him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I think this is one of those situations where, um, just like when Jesus asked God, you know, God the Father, if there's any way for this cup to be removed from me, do it. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine. You know, this is one of those situations. Paul came to him and was like, please take this away from me. It's, it is bothersome to me and God's like I can't do that yeah. because if I take it away from you then you're going to struggle mm -hmm. so there was this distinct purpose why it was that request was not granted right you know, we saw previously he he granted other people's begging requests so what he did here for Paul is he gave him the wisdom to accept that God's will is the best way and that it was better for him not to have that gone mm -hmm. if he was going to be out of the will of God. Right. Because that's what God told him it would happen. And then Paul goes on to say, okay, now I'm going to boast not in my own self, but I'm going to boast in my all weakness. the more gladly about my weakness because that's when Christ's power rests on me. So he, he literally took what God said. God said, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in your weakness. And he, he remembered what God told him. God told him, my power is made perfect in your weakness. Because of this, you will be strong. And he said, I'm going to boast about that. Mm -hmm. And that is a way, and this is how... We were going to talk about this a little bit later, but we can, this is kind of like a little peek into it. This is how we wrestle. And so we talked specifically about how to wrestle. We speak truth into the lies mm -hmm. that get a hold of us. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we as humans, we allow ourselves to believe that the lies of the enemy or lies that we tell our own selves, doubts and fears that we have in our own lives. And we are allow ourselves to believe those things or to let that bitterness or anger or sadness, whatever it may All be, emotions. take root. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We let them take control of us. And instead of mastering our flesh, we just sit in that funk. We sit in mm -hmm. the emotions of it, the sadness, the grumble. We grumble about mm -hmm. what we don't have. Mm -hmm. Paul gives us a brilliant example of how to combat that. And I know it's hard to do sometimes when you're right in the middle yeah. of all the things playing over and over in your head. Mm -hmm. Paul says, this is how you do that, y'all. He says, you get in there and you say, this is what I'm hearing. This is what's going on with me. Paul's saying, I have this thorn in my flesh and it is painful and I want it to go away. But the truth is, I'm going to be in trouble if it goes away. God put this in place because he said that his power is made perfect in my weakness. So then he says, instead of saying this thorn in my flesh is causing me pain. He said, I'm going to boast in this. I am thankful that I have this because of this. Mm. I yeah. am ma I made, per you're made perfect through my weakness. 
People can see God through me because God gave me this infirmity. Yeah, I hear and, and, and see he literally got a new perspective about the thing he has to carry. Right. He's no longer like, ooh, I have this thorn. Take it, take it, take it, take it. He now is going, okay, now this thing that I hated before this wrestle, I now am thankful that I have. I see it benefits me. And yes. I will let all the glory that comes can't come because of my greatness and the revelations and all that stuff. It will be totally he will be able to fully give god glory and god's weak, god's power can shine through him he gets it in a new way and he yeah. can delight in the weakness that is not what we're trained to do when we have an affliction nope let me delight in my depression let me delight in my brain not working the way that it's supposed to work yay but no that's part of that. becoming a more mature christian as we mature we learn as we wrestle with god that we are not just looking for the desires of our hearts. When mm. we say we want your will be done, Lord, we we mean that. And as we grow and mature in our faith, we gain the wisdom to accept that God's will is best, even if it's not what we think it should be. Mm -hmm. And Paul at the time is a mature Christian when he's having this wrestle. Yes. He's in his ministry. He's not a baby Christian, mm -hmm. you know, as we say. He is mature. And so I think it's important also to recognize if you're not at that place in your walk with God, if you are um, anything but a mature Christian, if you're a baby or if you're a little bit further past that, you can still show up, you know, you can still show up and cry out to him. And you may not know what to do once you're there. And we're going to talk about that. But even a baby can cry out and get God's attention. He's paying attention. There is still a conversation happening. Um, well, and even a baby Christian, whether you're a baby Christian or a ma mature Christian, you have, once that Holy Spirit lives in you, this, the scripture says in Romans 8, that likewise the Spirit also helps in our weakness. For we do mm -hmm. not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. When we don't have the words to speak the things that we need, if you are an immature Christian, you don't even know how to ask God for what you need. You don't have to. Mm -hmm. Because if you have the Holy Spirit in you and you cry out to God, the Spirit in you is going to speak to God. Your tears on your behalf. Yes, yes. Your wails are petitioning God on your behalf, even though you don't have the literal words to say. Right. And I think that's beautiful. It's like, God gives us a way just to just come cry to me. And I get it. Mm -hmm. I, there's so many times where I've come to God on my purple blanket and wailed to him and been so thankful that I didn't have to explain it. I, I'm just like, nobody gets it, but you, nobody sees, but you could cry. It makes me cry right now. I think <laughs> I feel so seen on that blanket Yeah, because I can try to explain to anybody else what it's like or what I've seen or what I've experienced or what I know to be true. And he's like, you don't even have to tell me. I see it all. He wants us to. He wants <laughs> us to tell him. But if we can't, he already knows. Yeah. And if we are on our face, on our knees, if I'm riding my lawnmower or wherever <laughs> it is that we cry out to God, just know he hears you. Mm -hmm. He sees you. He knows you. And he's listening. And it doesn't matter if we are a young, immature Christian or if we're, uh, we've been a Christian for a long time, but we just 
have never realized or even known that we had permission to go to God and go back and forth. Like, it's almost like a <laughs> war of wills. Like, do we want God's will more than we want our will? We are fighting with our flesh. Our flesh is what stands between us and God's will. Mm-hmm. And we are not going to be free of this flesh as long as we have an earthly body. And so because of that, the only thing we can do is get it in subjection to God's will. And to do that, y'all, we have to fight. And that's part of the scriptures, you know, like Paul says we have to die to ourselves daily. We have to repent for the things that we do. We are not perfect people. We have to wrestle. We have to wrestle with our flesh and we have to bring that wrestle to God. And if you've never done that, if you didn't think you had permission to, you know, I know a lot. I've heard lots of people say, well, I can't question God or I can't, you know, it's God. We just have to, Mm -hmm. there's a reverence. God knows your heart. And there's a difference in coming at God like you come at your brother or sister, literally. You know, I'm going to take you out. You don't come to God like that. But he knows us better than anyone knows us. And he can meet us where we are. He he isn't afraid of us. He isn't afraid Mm -hmm. of our ugly. He isn't afraid of our scary. He isn't afraid of the things that we do in secret that we don't want anyone else to know. Or the things we think in secret. Yep. You know, your mindset and the way that mm-hmm. you think yes. is not, some people are like, well, it's not sin. You didn't do anything yet, but you have your heart desires something right. or thinks something that is not right. You know, we've, we've spent a lot of time talking about this in the last week, especially how our hearts, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And sometimes we may not say what we're thinking or how we're feeling. We may not say that to someone, but sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. And even if we don't say it out loud, God knows what we're thinking and feeling and saying inside. Mm -hmm. And if we're saying things inside that we wouldn't say outside, there's a problem. Mm -hmm. There's an incongruency. Yeah. And it's in those places that you find that out. That's the process that mm-hmm. you realize that your flesh is what it is. You get to see a, a part of yourself that for me, when I'm wrestling, I'm like, oh, I did not know that about myself. Right. And I don't like that. And that makes me sometimes sad or yeah. repentant or like, I'm like, I don't like that. I'm struggling with that. Yeah. I don't like how that feels. And, um, yeah, I feel that, as you can probably tell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel that. Same. I feel that whenever I wrestle with him. Um, you know, for me, being in a situation for a lot of years of my life that felt very out of control and still does to a great degree, feels out of control. Like there are, there are big decisions and impacts on my life that I really can't. Mm-hmm. I don't have influence over. And I know a lot of people get that because all of us are limited in that way. People yeah. get to make choices all around us that it affect our lives yeah. and affect the people we love and we can do nothing about it. Right. And um, I've wrestled with God a lot about injustice. <laughs> I want things to be right and fair and I want people not to hurt. Like even just in my work as a counselor, I wrestle with that. I see and hear lots of painful stories. And I'm just 
I don't like that. I don't like this place that is so unfair and hurtful to so many people. I don't like how I have to hurt over and over. And um, I want justice to be done and I want it to be done swiftly and before my eyes. (laughs) And God says, that's not how I work. (laughs) And people are allowed to have free will and choices and we can't control those things. So if you can't control those things that other people are doing that impact you, how do you wrestle with God and how do you work that out so that you can be who God wants you to be yeah. and still walk in your, in his will, in your gifting and live in this human world mm-hmm. and deal with the people that cause us grief or pain yeah. or heartache. and Yeah. So I recognize I may not consciously believe this lie. Like I wouldn't say to myself, this is true. Right. But in my heart, if I had not accepted that there's free will, Bonnie, and people get to do this, you need to just accept that people are who they are. And some of the people in your life that hurt you are just going to keep doing it and they don't care. And you can't change that. I know these things cognitively. And I could, you know, if we're taking a paper and pen test, I go, yep, that's the right answer. But in my heart, I see injustice and I want to fight against it in a way that I've not sometimes been called to fight against it. Or I wrestle with it. And even if I don't say it in my, in my, out of my mouth, I feel it in my heart. Like I'm like, I'm mad or I don't like this or, um, and that is not where I want to be in my own mind, even though, you know, other people don't witness that sin. It's just me in my own head going, I'm thinking about this thing that has a hold of my mind and it shouldn't because I should have already accepted with the truth of God has what he's already told me. He said, Bonnie, he's told me many times people have free will. And I have asked him, please take care of my babies, please protect my babies. You know, and he's told me many times I, I can do that only to a degree. They live here on earth and they are under, they have, People have authority over them that will make decisions that may hurt them. And I can't stop free will from taking place. And so even though I know that, and even though he's told me that, I'm still like, yeah, but I still don't like it, you know? And that's me wanting to control and protect where even God himself, if he has decided he's not going to protect me or everyone else from every bad thing that could happen, why do I think that my kids are any different or a situation I want is any different. He, you know, I wrestle with him about this. Sometimes I get mad. Like, I'm like, I hate earth, you know, <laughs> like earthly living is hard or I, I hate certain rules the way that the way that it runs. But that calls me into a shift of repentance that I want things to be what they're not. And I need to accept what he's told me. And, um, specifically there are some times where I get real sad about certain situations and he will, he's used these words over and over. I got, I got your babies, let it go. Like you got to let that go. And I don't like to let things go sometimes, (laughs) like, but this needs to stop or, you know, it's like, yeah, you got to give that over to me. Yep. I get real angry about things that I see that are wrong or damaging. Um, and I, I need to release that. That's the word that I I feel him speak over me, release that to me, put that and trust that 
into my care. Yeah. When we were talking just this week, we were talking and we, we were like, where does your help come from? Mm -hmm. You know where your help comes from. So how do you take the things that you see that are in the injustices you see or the things that you see that you want to prevent or stop? Or right. How do you relinquish that control? Well, to relinquish it is to know where your help comes from. You know that you can't do anything about it. You repent for wanting to be able to have that control or believing that you know better than God and that you, if he's allowing it, he's allowing it for a reason, right? Like it may be just based on somebody else's choices, but either, either way, whether it's just someone's choices or whether it's a, re it's a specific reason, he's allowing it. And if God says it can happen, then who is Bonnie to say it shouldn't, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we recognize that we're trying to be in control of a situation that we don't get to be in control of because mm -hmm. we're not God and he, he knows better than we do. And that is ultimately why I wrestle. I know that his ways are above my ways and his ways are better than my ways, but I don't feel that way all the time when I'm distressed and I want relief in a certain kind of way. I don't, what I know and what I feel are different and they're in, they're kind of, they're in rebellion. So that wrestle gets me to a place where I, those can line up and what I feel in my body is the truth that I already know. But to get there for me, I have to name the lie. Sometimes I wrestle with God and you, or like I bring my wrestle to you and I'm like, okay, here's where I am. Right. But whenever I'm on my own, I will write it down and I'll write down in my notebook or something like, this is a lie. This is the thing that is inside of me that I'm believing or that I'm having some help with, with the enemy that is saying this is true. And I know this is not true. And I'll, or wait, can I just uh -huh. add a little something yeah. to that? Sometimes part of it is true, Oh, but it's not all and true. That, mm -hmm, speak that false <laughs> half truths are the hardest ones yes. to deal with because there is a there are morsels of them that are, that are true. Right. And so sometimes I'll even break that down and like filter out what part of the lie is actually true and what part of the lie is straight from hell. Right. <laughs> and I will divvy it up and put that in my journal. Like this is from you and this is from the enemy. This is a lie and this is the truth. And for me, because that's, you're a visual person. Yeah. And for me, I'm not visual. So I don't have to see it like that. Like you write it down and it, and it helps you process mm -hmm. that. For me, sometimes mm -hmm. I just have to speak it yeah. or I have to relate it to something else. Yeah. I just have, I have an outside source. Yeah. You too in the journal, but, yeah. but mine isn't something that I have to actually write. It just, mm -hmm. for me, I can just do it a different way. Yeah. And for me, I come back to it. Like I meditate on that truth. And then if I hear that similar lie or half truth again, then I come back to it and I marinate in that. I'm like, I know you, we have already been here. And so it's like in, um, old, in the old Testament, you age, literally come back to it. I, I figure, yeah, I, I do figuratively come back to it yeah. because I will come back into my head or into my heart and I'll recognize that I've been here mm -hmm. and you need that visual, visual. reminder. I go back to it. I open it up and I read aloud what he told me in the last wrestle. Yeah. And so God's given me promises on my life and they're, some of them are very specific. And so whenever I'm feeling, 
you know, whenever I'm believing a half truth or a flat out lie lie, or, you know, whatever, uh, in whatever way that I'm, I'm wrestling with my flesh, I will pull up the specific one time I sat down and just wrote out all the promises and wrote out all the things that he's told me and spoke over me. And I'm like, I need to marinate in that because my, my emotions get pulled in other directions um, sometimes. And so to marinate it, I sit in it and I will keep wrestling with it until that lie or um, emotion lines up with what I do actually well, know. And the way you find out what you do actually know, if God hasn't given you a specific promise on your life, is to read his word. Yeah. The scripture is where you find his promise and you speak the truth over mm-hmm. and over and over into your situation and onto you. Mm-hmm. Psalm 121 is a marker for that. There's a song that I listen to too. Um, so Psalm 121 starts out, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. There is a song by uh, Casting Crowns. I think we talked about them. We did. Last last episode. But I'll pra- praise you in this storm. I have listened to that during so many wrestles. Whenever I am, things happen that I don't want to happen, things that come landing in my lap, and I'm like, this again like oh my goodness I can I I don't how am I gonna survive this it's it's not just a storm it's the same dang storm over and over another song that comes to mind for me is mercy me even if it talks about even if you don't do anything to change the circumstances God I'm still Mm. gonna praise you even if I still believe you even Mm -hmm. if this is what I'm stuck with you're sovereign and I know that mm-hmm. you will see me through because you are where my, where my help comes from. Yeah. And truth is on the other side of every wrestle for me. Yes. And I, that is worth it to me. I'm like, I don't know what I have to do to get there, but I know the end result is truth. And it, it is a right heart for me. And I need that to walk through this crazy world we live in. I need to speak truth over myself. I need to read truth in this word. I need to get a word from Mm -hmm. him. Sometimes I'm like, God, I just need you to speak to me today. Like, please, please, please. Um, One of the scriptures that we talked about, Proverbs 3, 3, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. This is a word that reminds me. I have got to fight for truth. It doesn't just land on me all the time. I don't feel truth all the time. I have to get alone with God and wrestle it until he wins. Like there's a song by Shane and Shane that says, Lord, come wrestle us and win. I'm like, that's my prayer and petition when I wrestle. I'm like, I know you're winning. I know the result of this is I will relent and give way to you, but the wrestle has to happen. It's funny that we know that, yet we still have to have the wrestle. I do. I do too. I do. I'm stubborn. I think that's what, (laughs) I'm very stubborn myself. I think that's part of our human nature though. We have to be, we have to be conditioned to give our will to God, Mm -hmm. to to be in his will. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So part of just a kind of a recap We have to name the lie, find out what the lie is. We have to speak the truth into that with the scripture, Mm y'all. We can can start with just the things that we know Mm -hmm. and then dig into the word because God will will speak truth into the things that we are believing. And And yeah, let me also say when 
I can read the word, but it's not going in. Sometimes you will say the word to me. Like you'll like, you'll take my head. Sometimes <laughs> I'll be like, look at me, look at me. Where does your help come from? Yeah. Where, tell me, like, say it back to me. <laughs> like it comes from God. Where does your help come from? And what has he said about you? Right. And what has he it's told like you? It's like a banter back and yeah. forth. I'll be like, where does your, your yeah. help come from? Yeah. And you say, my help comes from the Lord. Where does your help come <laughs> yeah, from? You know, like we have that sometimes. And that's, yeah. that's the benefit of having a friend who, who also is a believer. Mm-hmm. You know, when we all have people, hopefully we all have at least one person in our life that can speak truth to us when we can't find it on our own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's nice whenever I'm just alone with him and he'll say it and he says it in mm-hmm. my language and I get it and it moves in there. And sometimes it comes out of other people's mouths and right. I'm thankful for that too. <laughs> um, I also, I review his promises. There are promises in his word that are for everyone. You know? Then there are also those never- promises that are only for certain times and situations. They're not talking to you. So yeah. make sure if you claim one of those promises that he's actually given that promise to you. That is <laughs> a good point. Um, and then reflect on what you get. For me, I write it down. You meditate on it in a different way. You know, we we absorb information differently. And ultimately, at the end of it, it gives a, an eternal perspective and not the worldly one or the fleshly one that we've carried pre-struggle, right. pre-wrestle. He is not missing in our story. He he doesn't, he was, he's there for mine. He's there for yours. Yep. We may not always detect him, but we want to leave you with this truth. In Hebrews 13, 5 through 6, it says, For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So may we boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. 